You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, our friendly neighborhood co-host, Chris O'Brien, is on the road this week. We have him. Where are you, as a matter of fact? Where in the world on this planet are you, or are you on another planet? I'm back in colorful Colorado here in uh, Boulder. Had a great time uh, speaking with the paranormal group in Denver and had a great turnout, had a lot of fun. Sanitized my uh, uh, presentation uh, a little bit, but uh, for the most part, had a good time. And uh, hey, even sold a few books, Gene. Well, that's the one thing, too. The more you give the lectures, the better they are. It's kind of like radio broadcasting. You know, year after year, you get better and better at it. Except for me, I, of course, am deteriorating rapidly. And soon my brain will turn to sawdust. But until then, I'm going to keep going. Well, I thought you were going to say, how can you improve on perfection? There is that. Okay. (laughs) I didn't want to say that because people will think, gee, he's just an egomaniac. He has to be an egomaniac to go on the radio and think each and every week that he's going to be listened to. But I have to tell you that we did something technically to our sites over the past week. Some of you were getting these weird messages on the screen about something called Cloudflare. And Cloudflare is a worldwide content management network. What does that mean? It means that our site is now available around the world through 14 different network systems. And what it means is that our traffic is up 25 to 50% over what it was a couple of weeks ago. So oh we see, Yeah, we see more activity in the forums. We have more listeners downloading the episodes after they're broadcast over GCN. An incredible amount. Thousands and thousands of new listeners are hearing the PowerCast. All right. Welcome. Cloud Same Flare. Thing. I thought it's Godzilla having, a, having a, an embarrassing moment. Well, you know, Godzilla has been having an embarrassing moment since that last film where they tried yeah. to remake Godzilla, if you remember that. Yeah, with Matthew uh, Broderick. Right. That was produced by the people who brought you Independence Day. And if you can believe that an Apple PowerBook from the mid-90s can communicate wirelessly with an alien network and bring down their system with a computer virus, you can believe anything. Well, you notice they were using an Apple and not a a PC. There is that. There is that, indeed. You know, we talk so much about our forums and the increased activity. Sometimes the discussions get interesting or offbeat. It's not just about UFOs, paranormal subjects, or crop circles, which will be our major point of discussion in a few minutes when we meet our guests this week, they talk about things like vaccination. Do you think that children should be vaccinated? There's an argument that says, no, they shouldn't because it increases the possibility of autism. Well, I don't know. Some of the uh, conversations, I've, I've been scratching my head going, you know, why, why are we talking about this? It's, it's not really paranormal, but in the freewheeling, uh, general freewheeling chit-chat of <laughs> threads. Boy, I guess uh, I guess uh, you know, sky's the limit for subject matter. It's been uh, it's been very interesting over the past three weeks. You know, people used to argue about, and we haven't started this argument yet, and now you'll see it about fluoride, putting fluoride in water, which was supposed to, of course, reduce the incidence of cavities, which is why I guess children have less dental problems than adults. But over the years, there were arguments about it. In fact, Ray Palmer. The guy we remember from the Shaver mystery, from his involvement in the Maury Island hoax or whatever it was, you know, Ray Palmer, the co-founder of Fate magazine in the 50s and 60s, he was arguing with his readers over whether water should be fluoridated. 
Can you believe what that? What side did he come down on? Against. Okay. He said it would cause mottled teeth, you know, discolored, ugly-looking teeth. On the other hand, if it was a choice of having teeth that didn't look quite as good and fewer cavities, you know where I'd go. Yeah. You go to the bleaching salon there in Scottsdale. Exactly. You know, I'll put some money together, go to the bleaching salon, or use one of those substances you can buy to bleach your right, teeth. Right, like those, those mouth guards that have that weird stuff in it. Well, no, that because one of the people in our forums will say that's dangerous. It contains mercury or something. Well, as, as long as they, uh, they keep me out of it and don't uh, start <laughs> dogging me too bad, I'm, I'm okay. I, I, I love to uh, sit on the, on the fence and, uh, in the peanut gallery and just observe the repartee. We have some very intelligent posters who are very passionate about their views. And they talk about everything, which is why we call it general freewheeling chit-chat, which is one of the boards in the paranormal forums over at theparacast.com, or if you want to be precise, forum.com theparacast.com and you can join up it's free by the way you know we're not charging for the message boards we're not charging for the show it's free but of course with the show you have to listen to the commercials the price of free radio but we hope that you'll like some of the products and services anyway one of the products and services we keep pushing of course is that five dvd set and i'm going to give chris another chance to talk about this because it was the subject of one of our previous episodes the disclosure dialogues which consists of 12 hours of discussions. It's not interviews. People talking about disclosure. People like Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Danny Sheehan, Nick Pope, Richard Dolan, Stephen Bassett even. Although we've had our run-ins with him, Paul Davids, Paula Harris, we had our run-ins with her. George Norrie, yeah, or Snorri, excuse me, George Snorri. We have to correct the spelling on that. George Knapp, Linda Moulton Howe, Paul Stonehill, Peter Robbins, Stan Romanek, well, nobody's perfect. Ron James and Christopher O'Brien and many more. Christopher O'Brien doesn't even believe in disclosure, does he? Well, I was one of, I think, four dissenting voices in the project that I was asked to put together in an objective way. And I think I did a, a pretty good job. I'm pretty proud of winning my first film festival and, and with the project. And, and then getting the People's Choice Award was, was very, very gratifying. I think the point to mention here is it's kind of like a Supreme Court ruling. And what that means is there are different opinions, a lot of different opinions about disclosure, whether it's possible, whether it's worth the effort or just possibly running in the wrong direction. Regardless, the point is that they had different points of view. And because it was a discussion, not an interview, maybe some people changed their minds during the course of the sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Richard Dolan and Danny Sheehan had one of, I think, one of the more fascinating dialogues in in. Danny, I think, really effectively convinced Richard that we need to look at this whole potential disclosure process if it's not already unfolding, but look at it from a grassroots point of view and really organize in the communities, in the synagogues, temples, and churches, and in civic groups, and create a groundswell of in indignation that uh, the politicians can't ignore and that will have at least more of a chance than what we have now with <laughs> Bassett's petitioning the White House uh, efforts. Uh, I, I applaud the uh, stick-to-itiveness that he has, and, you know, he's a, real, he's a real trooper. But unless you do it from the grassroots up, it's really, uh, it just doesn't have a chance of happening, if there's anything even to disclose to begin with. And this is an election year. So you don't think Obama is going to want to admit, yeah, we take UFOs seriously because the people on the other side are going to say, 
see, the president's a wacko. Already they're calling him everything on the earth and beyond. Of course, each party will call the other horrible things. So therefore, this will make it worse. It's not politically correct this year to have disclosure, even if it was going to happen. It was going to happen maybe in 2013. It's a toxic third rail. Indeed. Now, the subject of our discussion today may or may not be related to UFOs. It's predominantly crop circles. Yeah. uh, Funny you should mention that. I I have a talk that I'm giving here in Boulder that's looking at the potential connection or the implied connection between UFOs, crop circles, alien abductions, all manner of of, uh, religious miracles and cryptozoological creatures and paranormal events. But in today's show, we're going to be talking with one of the preeminent researchers in the crop circle phenomenon. I've known Nancy for many years. She is a real straight shooter. Uh, I think that her work, along with BLT Research and Dr. Levengood, was pioneering in this field of, of diagnostic science as it relates to, to the crop circle phenomenon. Nancy's been really pushing behind the scenes to get access to more gear, better scientists, and she has a really cool uh, announcement that she's going to be making on tonight's show uh, related to some of her ongoing work and research, and I'm really looking forward to getting the details from her tonight. Yes, she's making progress. Nancy Talbot coming up next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You know, we develop trust in the people we know, but we don't really know someone we can see. That's why I recommend GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a simple online meeting service. It's GoToMeeting by Citrix. All it takes is a webcam and a click to instantly collaborate. You can start hosting your own face-to-face online meetings today with GoToMeeting. You can try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com slash radio, DreamHost.com slash radio. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. That's CrossbreedHolsters.com. In a coming-apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. 
Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, Plant Skid. Plant Skid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. Plant Skid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not Plant Skid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. Plant Skid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use Plant Skid. Member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSkydd.com. Ask about our new vol repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. Plant Skid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. All whey protein powders are not created equal. Fresh liquid whey has been used for hundreds of years to restore health to the sick and youth to the aging. Why is it that no one reports these benefits from today's whey protein powders? It is because they are all processed with heat or chemicals, which damages the protein and amino acids, making them allergy-causing or toxic to your body. One World Whey's True Cool process retains all the powerful properties of fresh raw whey in a concentrated powder. My name is Stephen Hewer. As a degree nutritionist, my goal is to make you healthy in as short a time and as affordably as possible. One World Way is speeding up the process of helping people get healthy and is replacing the need for many other supplements, making it more affordable. To learn how One World Way may help you with fat loss, the elimination of inflammation and pain, detoxification of heavy metals, intestinal health, brain function, and increases in strength, energy, and muscle size, call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, Chris, of course, on remote location in Colorado, we have Nancy Talbot, and the focus is primarily on crop circle research. But she has an organization she works with called BLT Research. And when I think of that, I think someone is making sandwiches for people. What's this about, Nancy? Well, when we first started, it was a very casual getting together of the Michigan biophysicist William Levengood. That's the L. John Burke, who was a businessman very interested in electrical phenomena. That's the B. And me, Nancy Talbot, that's the T. And in England, people wanted to know what to call us. And so just be, I was joking. I was just being silly. I looked at our last names and I thought, oh, good, BLT, that's easy to remember. And uh, figured I might as well be the tomato. And so I named it BLT Research because we had to have a name. And I am the tomato. And John, of course, has died now. Levengood is very elderly, and we now have a number of other consulting scientists uh, in the group, but BLT is what's stuck. So if you want to have a sandwich, you can have it in honor of the original founders of the organization. Exactly. Okay. All right. I used to have BLT sandwiches when I was just a little kid. Brings me back to that. Okay, crop circle research. I think we should look at the history here because I think the common perception on the part of lots of people is, oh, they've got those crazy people who go out into the 
wilderness in the United Kingdom, and they make crop circles. It's kind of artwork. So how do we distinguish that from the mystery in general? What's our history? Well, there are three scientific, peer-reviewed, published papers that we did back in the 90s uh, presenting the changes, the results of the examinations of thousands, and I mean thousands, of plant samples and controls from crop circles in England, in uh, Holland, in Germany, in Israel, in Australia, in Canada, in the U.S., and nowadays in many other places, Poland and a number of others. But in the genuine phenomenon, when it's not mechanically flattened by people, you find certain basic changes in the plants, certain changes in the growth habit of the seeds taken from those plants. There is also uh, the presence of these tiny little magnetic spheres found in the soils. And then the most recent in-depth study was of specific clay minerals in the crop circle soils, which showed changes that absolutely 100% knock out the idea that mechanical flattening with planks, boards, whatever, could possibly be the cause. Now, and how far back can we take the crop circle phenomenon? It appears that it may have been occurring historically as far back as the 1500s. Uh, obviously, we don't have aerial photographs from back then, but there are uh, writings by science people in the UK. Yeah, and in I love the, the woodblocks. The woodblock of the mowing devil that's pretty famous that I've seen in a number of books. Well, that one I'm not so sure about. I'm more confident of the stuff that we put in our other facts section in which the, uh, the British science journal Nature in July of 1880 published a letter from one of the scientists in which he described and also drew pictures of these events which he had found on his own farm in southern England. And so at least back to 1880, and then in 19 or in 1686, there was another thing written in a, called a Natural History of Staffordshire, in which also another scientist had drawn illustrations of what looked like crop circles that he also had found in southern England on his estate. So when did they start originally? I don't know. We do know as far back as this, it appears they were occurring. And the current flap began in the 70s, and it was Pat Delgado in 1981. Yeah, it was 81. I'm writing this up right now because of something that's just happened. Pat Delgado was the first person to not only notice them in England in current times, but to begin studying them. And he notified the media of three circles which he had discovered and was looking at at a place called Chessfoot Head in 1981. And from there, it took off like a moody goose. A moody goose. A moody goose. In other words, fur flying in every direction. <laughs> of course, and then we have uh, Colin Andrews, of course, got involved, coined the term. Michael Glickman was another early pioneer. One of my favorite books on the crop circle phenomenon actually was given to me by by Lawrence Rockefeller. It's called Corn Circles, and it traces the patterning of complexity 
from 1986 in Chisfoot Head all the way to the mid-90s, and it shows the patterning of complexity in the phenomenon. But we do know, Nancy, that there are groups of people that are going out there, Team Satan, John, I think is it Lumberg, and others, Matthew Williams, who claim that they're hoaxing some of these uh, of the more elaborate circles. Where do you come down on the, let's say, a percentage of true anomalous? Nobody can give you an accurate percentage, Chris, because the only way you could do that is to test them all. If you tested in, let's say, one summer, if you tested every single circle in at least one country in one summer, then you could come up with a statistic, and nobody has ever done it. We can't afford ourselves the amount of money that would take to do in England when you get at least 50 or 60 every summer. That would take years of work and a great deal of money. So there's, there's no data that would tell you what percentage. From the work that we did in the 90s, where I was deciding completely at random which circles we would sample. This was when I had three or four or five teams in England, some of whom were paid, some of whom were volunteers, one of whom was a professional ag person uh, because I didn't want any bias in the sampling. These people would only sample the ones I chose. And I did it with a random thing here, which would tell me sometimes I would pick every fifth circle. Sometimes I'd pick two right in a row. Sometimes I'd pick, you know, every seventh or eighth. And then they would go and do the same protocol in every case, do the sampling of the plants inside and out, and the soils inside and out. And then all of this stuff, once the plants were dried down, I had to rent barns and things like that to hang the plants up because if you mail them before they're dry, you get this opportunistic fungus that grows and it makes it impossible to do the work. Contamination of evidence, then. Yes. Okay. So in those years, when we were getting many, many circles from the UK, at least 80, 85% of what we looked at turned out to be the real McCoy. But remember, we only sampled erratically. It was very erratic on purpose. I didn't look at them. I did not make the judgment to sample based on what they looked like at all. I simply picked, you know, I decide one year we're going to do every third one or every tenth one, and then we're going to do two, and then it's we're going to... It's kind of a randomized selection. We're going to f- explore a lot more about crop circles, but more important, some of the most recent developments that make this even a more compelling mystery to confront. We have Nancy Talbot of BLT Research. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S 
Attack, Attack of the Rockaways, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Attention, information in this one-minute message could save your life. Don't wait for the next emergency to happen. Act now to be prepared. Now, more than ever, civilians and communities must communicate with family, friends, and neighbors in the event of civil unrest, natural disasters, or other emergencies. That's why there's CivilDispatch.com. CivilDispatch.com is a universal system that can be used for a wide array of urgent notification alerts. Weather emergencies, civil unrest, emergency responders, amber alerts, school or business closings, any need-to-know situation. CivilDispatch.com is an emergency dispatch communication system, allowing anyone to quickly and easily send and instantaneously track emergency email and text alert notifications. CivilDispatch.com gives you the power of enterprise alerting without the enterprise cost. Don't find yourself unprepared. Learn more and become a member at CivilDispatch.com. That's CivilDispatch.com. Civilian Emergency Dispatch System. Peace through preparedness. (laughs) Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes, revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporeate e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service, fast, free, same-day shipping, and a 30 day warranty and satisfaction guarantee so are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle then call 870-518-4307 that's 870-518-4307 or visit lesig.com spelled l-e-c-i-g.com lesig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker hi this is don ecker and you are tuned into the paracast let me tell you what you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else hear that george snorri ah uh, chris is sounding mysterious when you set him up on location the voice deepens you know the trickster starts to take control <laughs> well i I, w- I want to get back to that point nancy made before the break that that you guys with a with a I, I think a, a it sounds like a, a very good random sampling uh, that you were you know giving your researchers and investigators in the field specific random uh, circles to sample at, at about in '99 I, I seem to recall that Colin Andrews made a big announcement and he he claimed that he thought up to eighty percent 
of crop circles were hoaxed. And, and he was getting out of the crop circle field and selling off his research even. Was he, were you working with him at that point? Uh, was he aware of the results you, you were getting by 99? No, I haven't had anything to do with Colin in many, many years. That statement of his, in my opinion, was made just to get attention. I have never seen any data that would support yeah. you know, that statement. I was very surprised when I when I heard him say that because I I I felt that there there was much more based on your work obviously and the work of others that that there there is a true mystery there and to to discount oh, it there's even one Chris I mean hell if there's yeah, one, one one is important that you can't yeah. explain then there's a mystery and in another thing that he made by that time by that I time saw is, data that would tell you that yeah and and by that time uh, in '99. Uh, you'd also, BLT had done the bovine excision site study, and you found very compelling evidence that seemed to correlate the types of results that we were finding at cattle mutilation sites with some of the results you were finding in the crop circles, including the case that I was involved with in the San Luis Valley, where you found hundreds of times the amount of magnetite around the actual animal uh, versus the amount of magnetite in the soils uh, at a control distances. Um, so, you know, I think that there's definitely something there. And, and I, I really urge our, our listeners to, to go to the BLT uh, site. You have a wonderful site that has a ton of interesting information, uh, all sorts of reports and case studies. And we'll get into that later. But let's, let's go ahead and dovetail to the present, Nancy, and, and talk about this exciting uh, work that you're doing now. Uh, why don't you uh, kind of set the table for us a little and describe uh, what uh, you're currently working on? And let's tell the people, first of all, that all that early plant work is on, on the website under the plant abnormality section. Then underneath that, you will find the magnetic material in the soils. And beneath that, the thing that I want to start with today, which is the clay mineral uh, x-ray diffraction study that we did on a crop circle, a seven-circle event that occurred in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, in 1999 and I recently as you know have put up an Unsolved Mysteries a clip from Unsolved Mysteries which uh, talks about with something we didn't know at the time we did this study it wasn't until we were finished that we discovered this but apparently there were multiple witnesses eyewitnesses to UFOs directly over the study field just prior to the circle being discovered now, I didn't know that, and none of our scientists did until the work was all finished. But when you read through the results of that study and you begin to understand what they mean, the UFO presence then becomes perhaps quite significant. The objectives of that study, the X-ray diffraction study, was uh, to look at certain clay minerals, uh, a woman in Logan, Utah, a geologist who was a who had read our work. Her work, her personal work, was the heat uh, effects on clay minerals, and she knew that Levengood had proposed that there was a heating agency, probably microwaves, involved in the crop circle causation. What she reasoned was, if he was correct, and it was microwaves or something like that causing these changes in the plants, you ought to also find evidence of that heat in these clay minerals. Now, what she did was she went and sampled, took a few samples from a crop circle at Logan, Utah, uh, which was near her house. 
And she did a study, it's called uh, X-ray diffraction. You extract the clay minerals from the soils, you put them on a mount, and the mount is then put into the X-ray diffraction machine. The machine simply bombards the sample with X-rays and produces a graph which uh, material scientists know how to read. The graph then shows you the type of minerals which are in that sample, and it also tells you the degree of crystallization of those minerals. Now, changes in these very specific clay minerals that we were looking at occur in nature only in sedimentary rock. This is sediments that have then had slowly, you know, mountains build up over the sediments, pressing down with the weight of all this other soil, literally mountains. It's what they call geologic pressure. The combination of that and heat from the Earth's core over thousands of years is what can produce this increase in the crystalline structure of these illite, smectite, uh, minerals in the soils. Now, we did not think we were going to find that because it is only seen in sedimentary rock. But we decided to go ahead and try it anyhow. The reason we did was that Rockefeller had contacted me, wanted, had offered money to do another study. And since we thought this was a sensible thing to check, we offered this as a possible study. It's the one he wanted us to do. And so we did. And what we did in this case was very carefully, again, first of all, the circle occurs and it occurs in a barley field that is infested with Canadian thistle. This is a very thick, uh, sharp, you know, all sorts of little sharp things on it plant. The field was filled with this stuff. It's impossible to move around in such a place without high leather boots because you really tear your legs to pieces. At any rate, that's where the circle was. Uh, we could see visually the elongated top node, the apical node. We could see expulsion cavities, these holes blown out at the lower nodes. This was a very good indicator that that particular crop circle would be a good one to use as the study circle. And so we chose it. And what happened then was I picked a field worker team, a brand new one, people who had never done anything like this before, they were given the protocol, and all they did was go in and follow exactly what the protocol told them to do. Taking plant samples, and a plant sample is about 20 plants sliced off at the base, right where it comes out of the soil, and then a soil sample taken at exactly the same location. This was done throughout three of the circles, and then, of course, way out into the field for the controls. Those plants and those soils were then sent to a number of different scientists. The plants went to Levengood, who did what he always does. He measured the top nodes. He counted the expulsion cavities. He did growth experiments, all of which produced statistically significant findings. There were, you know, there was no elongation. There were expulsion cavities. There were growth abnormalities. Now, we have to translate this to English a little bit here because we're not all scientists and we need to understand what this means. So are we saying then that some kind of external force created them and we have to assume it's intelligent? No, I didn't say anything like that. I said simply that the plants 
taken from inside the circle had the top node in those plants. Where we're looking right now at the reaction, at the chemical reaction to the plants that were subjected. We don't know. We don't know what caused it. We simply know it's happened. Okay, so we're looking at the effects. Yeah, the first thing you do is you document the effect. The idea as to what caused it is something you develop based on the entire group of effects you document. You don't take just one effect. You look at them all together. And then you try to come up with some sort of an answer as to what could have caused it. Now, and that's something as we progress through the show. Exactly. We're to try to understand and look at the latest research and see if we can get a handle on what the heck is going on. We have Nancy Talbot of BLT Research with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo Tote Bag... All sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality. Great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. Meet Jerry D. Hi. Jerry and his family, like you, are very concerned about world conditions and have gathered many emergency preparedness items, including Turtle Tough shelters. We have added two 24-foot turtle tufts to our supplies and feel very secure knowing our large family is ready for whatever the future may bring. Turtle Tough shelters are not tents. They are permanent yet portable four-season geodesic frame shelters that are as strong as a cabin at a fraction of the cost and are easy to set up, take down, and move anywhere. Available in two sizes. Get your Turtle Tough shelter and accessories included at turtletuffshelters.com. That's turtle. T-U-F-F-Shelters.com or call 801-623-3288. That's 801-623-3288 or see them online at TurtleToughShelters.com. Turtle Tough Shelters, your all-season home away from home. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. 
We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Crank up your savings at the Webb's headquarters for hand crank and solar power preparedness. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Save now on solar generators from $289. Solar lanterns, just $24.95. Solar waterproof flashlights, only $12.95. Cook anywhere solar ovens from $279.95. Portable solar panels from 21stCenturyGoods.com give you the freedom to harness the power of the sun to charge your gear wherever you go. Show your patriotism with our line of solar flagpole lights. Plus, find a full line of emergency and shortwave radios, solar lanterns, and LED flashlights. And see our monthly two-for-one specials at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number two, the number one, STCenturyGoods.com. Or call 866-999-8422. Spend $100 or more and get a free hand crank solar flashlight when you mention you heard us on GCN at checkout. Crank up your savings only at 21stCenturyGoods.com. This is Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, and I'm here to say a good word or two about the Paracast, which I believe is the gold standard of paranormal radio. Listen to it if you can. We have Nancy Talbot of BLT Research. We're focusing on crop circles, and what she's doing now is going into the analysis of the circle, how plants reacted, what's going on, and we're trying to get an overall picture of what this means so we understand the effect, and maybe that will give us more clues as to the cause. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay, so Levengood does his standard plant thing. He has nothing to do with any of the rest of the work. I went looking for a materials scientist to, who had never heard of crop circles. I wanted no bias whatsoever in this work. I found a man on the West Coast, Dr. Sampath Iyengar, who is a credentialed materials scientist with his own laboratory. He had never heard of crop circles, didn't have the faintest idea what they were. His job was simply to, I sent the the soil samples to him. He extracted the clay minerals. He mounted them on these mounts that go in the machine. And then he ran the x-ray diffraction machine. That's all he did. And he produced these graphs, which the machine produces, which then have to be analyzed in order to see whether there's any change in the crystalline structure of these very specific clays. That's not what he does. All he does is run the equipment. I then took his results and hired uh, a statistician. And again, I went looking for one who had never heard of crop circles. And I found a guy with an MIT background who was available, had never heard of crop circles. And the data that had been gathered by Sam Iyengar was then sent to the statistician. It's important also to know that none of these people know each other. These are all people I picked totally independently of each other. The statistician was given the results of the soil samples first and asked simply to run these basic statistical analyses to tell us whether, in fact, was there a change? Was there a difference in the crystalline, the ordering of the crystalline structure? in the samples 
as opposed to the controls outside the circles. We thought there was none. Sam and I both, from looking at the peaks, thought, no, there, there wasn't going to be. And Sam, in fact, apologized to me because it cost quite a bit of money to get this work done. And he said, oh, Nancy, I'm so sorry. I think that we don't have anything. And I said to Sam, Sam, we've either got it or we don't. This is what we're trying to find out. Don't worry about it. So he sent the data off to the uh, uh, guy who does the, no, actually not. He sent it to me and I sent it to the guy who's doing the statistics. He did his work. And after he had finished, he calls me up and he says, yes, at the 95% level of confidence, we have a change in the crystalline structure of these clay minerals inside the crop circle itself. Compared to the controls, we have a statistically significant change. What this means is that the crystalline structure of the clay minerals in the surface soils, we're not talking about sedimentary rock here, we're talking about surface soil. Those clays showed the change in crystalline structure. I knew, I'm no geologist, but I knew enough to know that that was very significant. We were not sure he was right, and so I actually had somebody else redo the statistics, and they came back the same way. So at that point, I knew I needed a real authority to evaluate what this all meant. So I went to Dartmouth. There's a man there who was literally the world's authority on clay clay mineralogy, and the X-ray diffraction technique. This is Dr. Robert C. Reynolds, Jr. He was head of the Department of Earth Sciences at Dartmouth. He was president, previous president, of the American Society of Mineralogical Clay Mineralogy. He was a very well-known person in his field and considered by his peers literally to be, you know, the world's authority in all this. The fact that he was at Dartmouth, I'm very close to Dartmouth, I live in Cambridge, made it possible for me to go to him and to ask him if he would look at our data. When I arrived, I showed him our work, and he immediately said, oh, no, (laughs) no way, this cannot be, you must have made a mistake. Because he knew that the only thing that can cause this change is this geologic pressure or heat, but mostly geologic pressure. So he asked if he could see the mounts, the work that Sam had done. And so we sent a a bunch of the mounts directly to Dr. Reynolds. He redid the work on the X-ray diffraction machine at Dartmouth. He got exactly the same results. He then decided that maybe the statistical work was not done correctly. And so he redid that himself also. And he got exactly the same results. At that point, he had a few ideas about what other, other things that might be causing what we were looking at. He asked us to do a little bit more work, which we did, and the additional work did not provide the answer. At this point, Dr. Reynolds, who was slowly being a little bit more open with me, his wife called me, and she told me that he, she had heard her husband on the telephone with his son, talking about these results because he couldn't believe his eyes. And she remembers, and she told me this clearly, she heard him say to his son, I wonder if these people know what they've got. Meaning, did I know? Well, of course, I didn't know in the way he knew. 
But what he was saying was that these were phenomenal results. He couldn't explain them. If you had had the kind of geologic pressure necessary to create this change in the crystalline structure, you would literally have obliterated the plants in that field. You'd have smushed them into nothingness. He suggested that possibly, maybe, heat in the range of six to 800 degrees Celsius for a period of hours might cause the same change. But obviously, had there been heat in the range of six to 800 degrees C, even for an instant, much less hours. Bye-bye plants. Exactly. The plants would all be gone. It would be a very nice little fire. Well, it would have been a hell of a fire is what it would have been. (laughs) I was just kind of understating it there. So the point is that given the actual facts that the plants were intact, that, you know, none of these conditions necessary to produce this change were in fact present, Dr. Reynolds finally said to me that in his opinion, and remember, we're talking now about a guy considered to be the world authority in this area, he said we must be looking at the effects of an energy unknown to science. Which gets back to the UFO sightings that were allegedly witnessed uh, by multiple witnesses over the field uh, during the time period where these circles were formed. I didn't even know about this at that time. Right. He was not at all. It was never, the UFO thing was never brought up. We simply knew that if you can have the plants affected in one way and the soils immediately around them in exactly the same sampling locations, affected in a different, much more radical way, that there's no energy known to science or known to Dr. Reynolds anyhow, that could cause those changes. Because the next thing I did was I called the statistician back and I took all of William Levengood's work and I took those statistics and I asked the statistician to see, are the changes in the plants occurring at the same sampling locations as the changes in the clay minerals. That result came back as yes at the 99% level of confidence. It doesn't get any better than that in science. I mean, the 99% level of confidence. Whatever caused the changes in the plants also caused the changes in these clay minerals. Is there a possibility, Nancy, that you could get Dr. Reynolds to maybe co-author a paper? That would be huge. He and I began writing the paper. All right. And unfortunately, uh, partway through, his wife unexpectedly, suddenly died. Uh, Dr. Reynolds was very close with his wife. And for a while, it was impossible for me to push. I mean, he was grieving and I just simply, it wasn't right. And so I let several months go by and then... Right after I got in touch with him again, I went back up to Dartmouth and we were going to try and finish this. He wanted me to submit it to nature. And I was laughing to myself because I'm thinking nature would never. (laughs) But Dr. Reynolds was famous and it was quite possible he might have done it with his name. He wanted me to be the primary author and I told him that was insane. I'll tell you what, before we get too crazy. We have Nancy Talbot of BLT Research, focusing on the research into crop circles, trying to figure out what is causing those incredible effects. With Gene and Chris, you're in... The Paracast. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. As we continue, Nancy Talbot joins us. We're focusing on the frontiers of legitimate scientific crop circle research. No nonsense here, trying to figure out what's going on. And after that, maybe try to assess what the cause might be. We're talking about the latest cutting-edge research. I suggest that your listeners go to the X-ray diffraction study. All of this is written very clearly because I want to finish this thing about uh, Dr. Reynolds and I. Uh, He then, unfortunately, had a stroke. And very shortly after his wife died, he died also. And this was before we had finished the paper. That's why I put the entire thing on the website, because I alone am I'm not sophisticated. My educational background is not strong enough for me to expect nature to publish a paper authored by me. With him gone and with no other clay mineralogist at at that time available, the only thing I could see to do was to write up every bit of the work, which I did, and it's now posted on the BLT site, and anybody can read exactly what we did. All of the graphs are there. All of the data is there, and people can examine it however they wish. We will, by wow. the way, in our forums, post a number of links. I already have a link in there in our question bank area to her site, to Nancy's site, but we'll provide specific links to each part of the research. So this way, you can go one, two, three, four, five, and get a feeling for what's going on. I can read you the final. Under, in the very beginning, you're going to see something that says study objectives, and it lists what we were trying to do. Then right below it, study results. Now, the last result was that because the temperatures needed, the six to 800 degrees C over a period of hours, uh, to cause crystal mica crystal growth would have incinerated any plant material present. And because we know of no energy, which can selectively affect soils to one degree and plants at the same locations to another, we suggest that we are observing a new and as yet undiscovered energy source at work. It does appear that heat is involved 
but more research is needed to determine its precise nature. Now, the one thing we did do that we haven't talked about was we did take a number of control samples at the end of all this work because uh, Reynolds thought that we ought to test the microwave theory. And so we took a number of controls and we submitted or, yeah, submitted those controls to differing amounts of microwave radiation. Some were exposed for only a very short period of time. Others were, were exposed to a much longer period of time. And the idea was to see if the microwave uh, exposure would cause the changes that we'd actually found. And it did not. So based on that, we have to rule out that microwave radiation alone could not have caused the changes in the soils. Wow, I'm, I'm racking my brain trying to figure out how, how those changes could have been produced in those I think, samples. I think we don't know. And if you're talking to people of the caliber of Dr. Reynolds, if he knew of no energy capable of doing this, then I have a little hope for myself. I have to wait here until some huge scientific discovery occurs or UFOs, if they were in fact the cause, show us all how they did it. You know, I don't know. Now, the one thing here that's interesting, the crop circles always have very specific shapes showing a certain, some some of them. Are they all... Do they all have this artistic bent that they have real definable shapes or are some totally random? Some are totally random. And when you say artistic, you have to remember that that is a, a personal emotional response. Well, how about symmetry? Showing something that indicates intelligent control in the sense of the way they were designed. There clearly are geometric consistencies in many of them. Uh, Nature, of course, produces geometry all the time. Don't forget, when you're thinking about this, the designs, let's say, in snowflakes. Don't forget about shells and the beautiful, you know, designs that you see in them. Think of a shark, for instance, you know. Uh, Roses. I mean, think of sunflower seeds, sunflower heads. Nature produces design all the time. We're used to it in the in flowers, in the shells, in the snowflakes. We don't think of anything unusual there. The fact is that we the fact that we've never seen it in crop circles before, if they are a naturally occurring situation, the fact that some of them are geometric would not necessarily immediately indicate anything other than nature, some aspect of nature that we don't currently understand at work. It's possible. I don't think it's all that likely, but it's possible. Hmm. <laughs> so, so where does the work go from here? Uh, I mean, are you going to contact other min- materials experts and see if you can get somebody to uh, possibly get a paper published? Or are you just going to stay with uh, having the data available for anybody interested enough to take it further? Well, it just so happens that one of Dr. Reynolds' students at Dartmouth who then went on to become a a mineralogist at the USGS, Dr. Dennis Eberl, has contacted me, I don't know, six months ago maybe now, because he had discovered the X-ray diffraction study online. He knew how brilliant uh, Reynolds was because he had not only been a student, but he had uh, co-authored a number of papers with Reynolds over the years. And he has offered his expertise Uh, to hopefully, if we can find another good crop circle, 
uh, and have enough money to get it properly sampled and all that jazz, that he would try to replicate the study and then, of course, write a paper. He's considerably younger than Dr. Reynolds was, and the hope would be that he would be just fine and survive the work and we could get the paper written and then submitted for publication. Now, let's just look at where we are now. So we have an unknown phenomenon. We don't know if it's natural or deliberately caused by some outside agency that's causing these crop circles to appear, not, of course, the ones that are done because people have nothing better to do with their lives, but obviously something that's appearing naturally or unnaturally, we don't know the forces that bring it about. How does the UFO research community regard any of this stuff? Varies depending on who you're talking to. Uh, I think we'll be talking about tonight. (laughs) Some of yeah, I bet you you will. Some of the nuts and bolts UFO people uh, have no interest whatsoever in crop circles. Uh, Some of them do. Some of them are aware of our work and are now trying to incorporate it into their understanding of the whole UFO phenomenon. Uh, What has happened? I spent the first 12 years or so I was involved in all of this, totally focused on the science. But then a very peculiar thing happened. I started to hear from one of our field workers in the Netherlands about a young man who was who knew somehow when and where the circles in his part of Holland, when they were getting ready to occur. He also apparently had witnessed a number of light phenomena in association with the appearance of the crop circles. In fact, one of his very early encounters, as reported to me, was that he was out on the dikes in his, on his bicycle. This started when he was very young. And he observed uh, a group of lights, light balls, rotating rather around themselves out over the field, fairly low. And he got, this is in daytime, he got off his bike and started to walk down in between the fields. There's a, a little pathway there to get closer to the lights. One of them detached itself from the group, approached him, whirled around his head apparently, and knocked him out. When he came to, he was lying inside a brand new crop circle. This was one of his very first experiences, and I think it was the first time he'd actually ever heard the words crop circle. Anyhow, these reports had reached this guy in the Netherlands who did some field work for us, and he he told me about it. I'll tell you what, we're going to find out what he told. Okay. Nancy Talbot of the BLT Research with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. 
The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. If you're not prepared, GetPreparedExpo.com, the biggest and best preparedness expo in the USA, coming April 28th and 29th, GetPreparedExpo.com, over 125 seminars and exhibits, over $200,000 in exhibitor giveaways, 1,000 packets of heirloom seeds, 1,000 one-year subscriptions to Global Incident Map, 1,000 trial issues of Bob Chapman's International Forecaster, 25 vials of Dr. Sheely's Bliss, 10 Sigma 3, five-day survival courses, autographed books by James Wesley Rawls, Matt Stein, Julia Shopping, and Dr. Sheely. And plenty more. Saturday and Sunday, April 28th and 29th. Go to GetPreparedExpo.com. One day passes $10 at the door. Advanced weekend passes $15. At GetPreparedExpo.com. GetPreparedExpo.com. Don't miss GetPreparedExpo.com. Saturday and Sunday, April 28th and 29th. Ozark Empire Fairgrounds, Springfield, Missouri. The biggest and best preparedness expo in the USA. If you're not prepared, GetPreparedExpo.com. Would it save you time to get the best quality water filters and the best quality storable foods from one company? You bet it would, and now you can at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Big Berkey water filter products and great-tasting, long-lasting, storable, wise foods are both now available on one website, BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Wise foods, ready-to-eat meals are packed in airtight nitrogen pouches and come with a 25-year shelf life. Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. Combine Berkey water filters with Wise Foods for an unbeatable preparedness combination. Get free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners receive 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit Big B-E-R-K-E-Y waterfilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Or go to BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. Healthy soils grow healthy plants. So before you plant your survival garden this year, is your soil healthy? Maximize your crisis garden soil with EM1 from Terraganics. EM1 organic soil conditioner, fertilizer amendment, and compost accelerant provides healthier gardens and faster, efficient garden composting. EM1 from Terraganics.com quickly improves soil structure by increasing nutrient availability and converting organic matter into soil humus. This improves seed germination and root growth, improves plant quality, size, color, flavor, nutrient value of fruits and vegetables and improves shelf life. And when rain is not in the forecast, no worries. EM1 improves moisture retention in soils, helping reduce drought stress. Just like you prepare all else, prepare your crisis garden for maximum yields with EM1 from Terraganics.com. Order now at T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Terraganics, life's getting better. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, the plot thickens. It, it does thicken. With Nancy Talbot. 
Now we're, we're talking about thickening plots here with Gene and Chris and the Paracast. So in our last segment, in case you tuned in late, you're going to have to listen to the first part of the show because this is getting more and more fascinating. So let's talk about the thickening plot and where it's taken us. Well, where we're talking about now is the idea that there is a consciousness involved, not just in the crop circle phenomenon, but in many of these other things that we call uh, out-of-body experiences, remote viewing, poltergeist activity, hauntings, I don't care what, you know, ET encounters, whatever. When I first heard about Robert, I really didn't pay any attention at all. But then in 1997, I think it was, and this is all on the page on the BLT website. There is a page devoted to Robert, bltresearch.com forward slash Robert. And down at the bottom of that page, you will see lots of individual reports about the scientific work and other work that we've been, I've been doing with Robert. So 1997 rolls around and uh, Robert and his sister, Robert is about 18 or 19, I think, at this time. And his younger sister, Madeleine, are in Robert's bedroom on the second floor of a house that backs up to a farm field. And there are floor-to-ceiling glass doors that open out onto a small balcony. They were open. It was hot, I think. And suddenly there appeared a big, glowing ball of light rotating in place directly over this balcony. Frightened the children considerably. They went running downstairs to get the parents. And when they came back up, the ball of light was gone. But there were burn marks on the eaves overhanging the balcony. And there were burn marks on the outside doors of the balcony. On the floor was a pile of white powder. The father at that time was manager of the local bank, the Robobank. And this is a middle-class family in a very nice home, not at all interested in this sort of thing. The father wanted this white powder analyzed. He wanted to know what it was. And they contacted the field worker, our field worker in Amsterdam, to see if there was any way that he could get it, you know, analyzed. And he contacted me and I contacted our scientists and we said, sure. And so the powder was sent to us and Phyllis Budinger, the analytical chemist who does a lot of this work, did carry out an infrared spectroscopy work on the white powder and it came back as being a very pure magnesium carbonate. Now, magnesium carbonate is not uh, a, an unusual substance. It's in Pepto-Bismol, for instance, and a number of other things. It's also used in sports a lot nowadays. It was the purity level of the magnesium carbonate that was curious. And also the fact that it was not a magnesium oxide, which is what you would have expected had that been, let's say, a flare you know, because flares are burning magnesium. But the result is magnesium oxide, not magnesium carbonate. So we had sent the report back to the family, and I was in Europe doing a tour, a lecture tour, and one of the lectures was in Amsterdam, and they came to meet me to say thank you for having done the work. And for the first time, I got to meet Robert and the rest of his family. It just so happened that that year, I had several lectures, but several days in between each lecture, and the father and mother asked me if I could possibly come and stay at their home for a couple of days so they could tell me more about these incredible things that were going on around their son. They were very concerned. 
they were very upset about it. And I did have a couple of days, so I agreed. I said, okay, uh, I'll come. The very first night in their home, I was so pooped, I think I just conked out right away. But the next night, I had this funny feeling not to go to bed. Now, I'm a night person, and so I didn't really think about that as significant. I prefer to be up at night anyhow. I don't get up early in the day, and I just didn't take it too seriously. But I knew not to go to bed. And his parents, Robert... Excuse me, you said I knew not to go to bed. How so? I have no idea. You just felt I can't go to bed. Correct. Okay. And uh, the parents, who are perfect hosts would not go to bed either. As long as I was up, they were going to have to stay up too. Robert, by this time, had gone to sleep hours before. So had his sisters. And the three, the two parents and I stayed up downstairs in the living room. We had a few lights on, but we were sitting uh, at the back of the house with these floor-to-ceiling glass doors in a bow all across the back of the house, looking out onto this small garden behind their house. I had my back to the windows. I was sitting in a little chair with my back to the windows. They were both sitting facing the windows. And suddenly at around, I think it was around 2 o'clock in the morning. I've forgotten exactly. But suddenly the, the father jumped up and he's pointing his finger out these windows saying, there, there, there. And I, of course, hadn't seen anything because my back was to the window. So he said there was a flash of light, a flash of light. They had apparently seen upon occasion, these flashes of light out there, and one had just occurred. So I turned my chair around, and we turned off all the lights downstairs, every single one. And then the three of us just sat there watching these windows. And all of a sudden, I started to feel this very strong tingling. I was sitting. It started at my waist, and it was around my entire body and my arms, and it slowly moved up my body, becoming more intense as it did so. It got to my neck area, and by then, it was getting really intense then. Did you feel that there was maybe a rattlesnake trying to climb up your body? Is that the sensation? More like, imagine putting your finger in an electrical socket. In slow motion, yeah. In slow motion and not quite so severe. Oh, boy. And I was cool with it for a while, but when it got to my neck, it was really getting strong, and I was scared. And I thought to myself, the hell with science, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> now, I should point out before we go on that in one of your earlier appearances in the Paracast, one of our former co-hosts kind of ragged on you for dealing with Robert. But when you start reporting experiences yourself, it's not just believing somebody else. It's experiencing it and seeing the reality yourself. Every single report on this, on Robert's page, on our website, reflects my personal experiences, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. I yeah, have over, never, how many years now, Nancy? We're talking 15, 16 years. Yeah, I've known him now 15 years, yeah. and I've been there every summer for two, three weeks, and I have never reported in, in English to the American public anything that I have not personally witnessed. I was very careful about that in the beginning because I heard stories, and they were so unbelievable I didn't believe them, and it wasn't until I personally witnessed every one of these events that I began writing these things so that other people would know. That's the point to clarify here. We want to clarify, Nancy. It is that you're not just believing somebody. You've experienced these things yourself, and it's not something they could have hoaxed, is it? Well, you know, we'll get to that. 
you know, some stuff maybe, but I don't think all of it. At any rate, so the parents and I are sitting there and this tingling thing starts. I get the feeling, uh uh-oh, I'm getting out of here. And you know what? That's a great cliffhanger. It's like before the commercial on a TV show, I feel a tingling, I got to get out of here. We have Nancy (laughs) Talbot with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. You may snicker when you hear this message, but you won't laugh after you experience the best-kept health secret ever, camel milk. Camel milk is loaded with health benefits far superior to other milk. Camel milk has antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties, is rich in B vitamins, and camel milk is three times higher in vitamin C than cow's milk, and ten times higher in iron. And camel milk contains 52 units of insulin-like proteins per liter, effectively lowering blood sugar levels. Many of our members testified that drinking camel milk reversed diabetes and greatly improved autism. Camel milk is easily digested by those who are lactose and beta casein intolerant and comes fresh or frozen from your trusted local family farm shipped on dry ice to preserve freshness. Go to CamelMilkForSale.com now and look under Products and Pricing for the spring special with free bonus pints. That's CamelMilkForSale.com, CamelMilkForSale.com. So you're a maker of something. Woodcrafts, fishing lures, glass designs, jewelry, purses, perfumes, goat's milk soap. Whatever it is, you made it here in America. Now you're eager for people to buy your products right here locally. Instead of buying competing products made on the other side of the world, right? Then you need to check out localmakers.com. Support America. Buy and sell locally at localmakers.com doesn't matter if you're a home-based business or a major manufacturer. Localmakers.com offers an easy way to connect with customers within your local community, as well as across the U.S., simply by entering a zip code. And there's no cost to join. So if you're a maker who needs buyers, go to localmakers.com and stock your products on one of our shelves. Localmakers.com. Promoting, preserving, and supporting your neighbor's manufacturing businesses. In an emergency situation, would you drink contaminated water? You could if you had the amazing Life Straw from MyPatriotSupply.com. Life Straw is the most advanced personal water filter available today. It filters contaminated water from almost any source. Life Straw is lightweight and compact, perfect for hiking, camping, or in an emergency like a flood. 
LifeStraw is easy to clean, comes with a one-year warranty, and has been used worldwide since 2005. Get the amazing LifeStraw personal water filter at MyPatriotSupply.com. Plus, check out Survival Seed Vault, 20 seed varieties for only $37.95, Tatler canning lids, long-term storable foods as low as $69.95, and much more at MyPatriotSupply.com. Enjoy stress-free shipping on all orders over $49. Call 866-229-0927 or visit MyPatriotSupply.com. That's 866-229-0927, MyPatriotSupply.com. For emergency preparedness, self-reliance, and food independence. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We have Nancy Talbot of DLT Research with Jean and Chris. So she goes to Europe, meets this young man named Robert, and things start tingling. And we're not referring to having to go to the bathroom. It gets to be pretty strange. Tell us. It's a lot more intense than that. Okay. Now you quit laughing and listen. So we're sitting there and... You know, it's the Chris's t- laughter, by the way. I, I know it's Chris. We have to blame him. You see, if you hear the laughter, I never laugh. No, it's Candace. Candace is making me laugh. <laughs> Candace is a guest who happens to be with Chris right Chris... now at his secret location in Colorado. Yeah. Oh, this is great, Nancy. I'm loving this. Boy, this I can pretty much guarantee you, Chris, that if I ever get your butt and take it over there with me... And you get to experience some of this stuff firsthand. I don't think you're going to be laughing. Well, it's it's. I was laughing at Gene's yeah, exactly. uh, questionable <laughs> analogy. Uh, I'm not. Um, believe me, I you've got me on the on the edge of my chair with with what you're saying. This is. I was commenting on my co-host there. But understand, by the way, if he falls off the chair, he'll just sue me for damages because I made him laugh. I, well, I yeah. see. Okay. All I'm right. sorry. If you didn't mean to interrupt, Nancy, really, please continue. So, so you're you're feeling this intense sensation in your neck. You're you're about ready to just get the heck out of Dodge. And, and what happened? The second that I had that idea to leave, and I was starting to get out of my chair, the tingling stopped immediately, and this incredible light show then took place in that backyard. There were blobs of light that were coming coming down from the sky and bouncing along the brick walkway. There were huge balls of light just hanging there. There were flashes of light. There were little balls of light. It was like a damn three-ring circus. So were these plasma balls, do you think? Was this a- I have no idea what they were. I mean, it was, it was so busy and so active and so varied and yet contained completely within, I would say, a 12-foot-wide by maybe 16-foot-deep area. It was very location-specific. But, I mean, you didn't know where to look. It was like boom, 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 boom. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, my mouth was open. I'm looking, thinking, what in the world? And then all of a sudden, it stopped. Nobody said a word. I'm trying to process this in my head. You know, what did I just see? And then the tingling started again. And again, it moved up my body fairly slowly. And again, it became very intense Again, I got scared and thought, okay, I'm leaving. And boom, at that instant, it stopped again. The light show started. This happened five times at least. We're not sure whether it was five times or six or seven, but at least five over a period of about 11 minutes 
with absolutely nothing happening for a couple of minutes, then the tingling, then the light show. Then it would stop and the whole thing would start again. Too bad she didn't have a cell phone with a camera. It was a little too, too far back in time. But, uh, man, to get that on, on I don't tape have a cell phone now. It's, uh, it, I mean, it was too stunning. If you had been there, if you had been actually one of us, you would have – it simply was so stunning. The idea of – I mean, the most I could do and what I did do, when I realized that it was going to stop, the tingling was going to stop every time I got scared, I became a little less afraid. And so I stood up and I walked right to the inside of the glass doors where I could see up into the sky. Uh, I was afraid, frankly, to go outside. I got as close to that window as I could get in the doors looking up. I was trying to see where this was all coming from. There was nothing. There was nothing up there. Just suddenly these, these blobs or balls would appear. They would stay. They would hang in the air. They would fall. They would bounce along the bricks. And the light flashes like, like a million flashbulbs going off, too. All of this intermixed. When the last event occurred, here again, I don't know why I did this. I have no idea why I said this. I turned around to his parents, who were sitting there in stunned silence. And I said, well, that's it. It's all over. I have no idea why I said that. But it was all over. I then separated immediately the parents. I put the mother, I can't remember, I think I put the mother in the kitchen, left the father, who was quite frightened at this point, in the living room. And I asked them both separately, individually, as a door in between, which I closed. I wanted to find out whether they had experienced the same thing I did, and I wanted to hear it separately. And it turns out that they both experienced, as I did, the tingling thing, and they both described seeing basically what I saw. So it appears that all three of us had the same experience. Let me ask you a question here just to put this in a frame of reference, Nancy. Have you ever in your life before meeting this young man experienced anything like that? Never. And Never. you can't think, and I certainly can't think, of anything in terms of a deliberate hoax that could have caused this kind of effect. Can you? This was my first idea. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they've rigged the, the garden. It's rigged. So the next morning, as soon as this time I got up early and I went out immediately to this little backyard, a lot of the light had seemed to emanate from three cedar trees that were planted close together about eight feet, six feet back from the windows. So I immediately went to these cedar trees to see if I could find any wires or anything, you know, that would give me a clue. And there was nothing but as I was standing next to the cedar trees, and this time I had my camera. I was using a film camera back then, and I had it with me because I'd been taking pictures of the house generally and some other things. And as I was standing next to these three cedar trees, the, uh, the, the camera, it was on, but it was, it was hanging by its strap. I wasn't even holding it. It suddenly started taking pictures by itself. And then a mechanical camera, a mechanical camera. All of a sudden it starts taking the pictures by itself and it takes a couple of anomalies, which I have shown in many of my lectures. And then it was a 36 roll film at film. At the last anomaly was was number 19 on the film. It rewound itself entirely, leaving all the rest of those pictures you know, blank. Oh, I've never heard of such a thing. Well, that's what happened. So this was my introduction to the 
the more bizarre stuff that goes on, some of the more bizarre stuff that goes on around Robert. Now, in Some of the more bizarre stuff? Some. And I mean the tip of the iceberg. Now, you mentioned there were anomalies on the pictures. What, what sort of anomalies appeared on those uh, automatically They're exposed They're big, shows? sort of pinkish, pinkish, yellowish light balls with stripes around them is the best way I could describe it. Nothing, it didn't look like anything that was in the environment at all. I mean, it's simply an anomaly. And on Robert's page on the BLT site, you will see a whole report about light phenomena photos. And there is a huge range of these. He had been from about the time that the, he started knowing about the circles, he was capturing unusual light phenomena on his camera. In those early days, some of it was what you would, he called them light balls. Other people have called them orbs. And in the very early years, many of them looked like that. But since then, it's so much more dramatic now than what was happening in those original photos. It's nearly unbelievable. But Nancy, before we any of this until I'd observed it firsthand. Right. Well, before we go on, and we, we do have some ground to cover here. Before we go on, I want to get back to your examination of the backyard area. Now, you mentioned that the kids had had an event occur which had left behind some of this, uh, this magnesium cal- uh, carbonate. Carbonate, carbonate, yeah. yeah and, and left scorch marks. Now, with all this type of, of, of what it sounds to me like electrical or some sort of high-energy events that were occurring in, in a very small area, did you, fe- did you find any evidence of, of heat, of scorch marks, any of this powder present? Do you feel that this may have been some sort of uh, completely different apples and oranges type event? I looked very carefully for any evidence of burning anywhere throughout the whole area. Saw nothing, nothing in the trees, no wires, no, no, you know, nothing that didn't belong in a normal garden, you know, flowers and trees and stuff like that. I saw nothing. And I don't All these light bulbs, were they all the same color? Did you you notice any sort of uh, spectrum shifting, uh, objects moving, colors changing? I'll tell you what, we'll have the answer to that and many more questions. Coming up with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Meet Jerry D. Hi. Jerry and his family, like you, are very concerned about world conditions and have gathered many emergency preparedness items, including turtle tough shelters. 
we have added two 24-foot turtle tufts to our supplies and feel very secure knowing our large family is ready for whatever the future may bring. Turtle Tuff shelters are not tents. They are permanent yet portable four-season geodesic frame shelters that are as strong as a cabin at a fraction of the cost and are easy to set up, take down, and move anywhere. Available in two sizes. Get your Turtle Tuff shelter and accessories included at TurtleToughShelters.com. That's Turtle, T-U-F-F, Shelters.com. Or call 801-623-3288. That's 801-623-3288. Or see them online at TurtleToughShelters.com. Turtle Tough Shelters, your all-season home away from home. you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully, because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Crank up your savings at the Webb's headquarters for hand crank and solar power preparedness. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Save now on solar generators from $289. Solar lanterns, just $24.95. Solar waterproof flashlights, only $12.95. Cook anywhere solar ovens from $279.95. Portable solar panels from 21stCenturyGoods.com give you the freedom to harness the power of the sun to charge your gear wherever you go. Show your patriotism with our line of solar flagpole lights. Plus, find a full line of emergency and shortwave radios, solar lanterns, and LED flashlights. And see our monthly two-for-one specials at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number two, the number one, STCenturyGoods.com. Or call 866-999-8422. Spend $100 or more and get a free hand crank solar flashlight when you mention you heard us on GCN at checkout. Crank up your savings only at 21st CenturyGoods.com. This is Hilly Rose, and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal. As often happens on the show, Chris asks a question of a guest. But we have to hold the answer, give you a little bit of suspense. We're not going to keep you in suspense with Nancy Talbot much longer. Nancy, you heard Chris's question. What's the response? He wanted to know about the colors and all that jazz, right? Yeah. The basic color of the light phenomena that day, that night, was white. But there were diaphanous, bluish, huge light balls simply hovering in various places. Some of the flashes were also bluish, but the more dense, uh, brilliant white, uh, smaller balls, as well as these blobs, it was almost like you're pouring liquid mercury or something 
out of the sky. They were brilliant in color, and they would bounce along, leaving trails on the uh, bricks on the patio. Wow, bizarre. And then disappear, you know, then be gone. So I don't, I mean, it's just one of another of, I mean, there's so many of these things that you really have to read all these reports to begin to get a clue as to the range of events. I have a question I'd like to see answered before we go on. And that is, all right, these sound like singular events which are focusing on a specific person. Is there a history in the paranormal field of other people creating and or experiencing similar effects? He's the only person in the world that I know of or have ever heard of who knows when and where the circles in his area are occurring and also knows usually exactly what they're going to look like. I don't know of anybody else in the world. No, that's, that, is, that is standalone. Also, later on, uh, some of the photographic uh, images that showed up on, on his camera and, and many other people's cameras is kind of reminiscent of a guy in the 70s named Ted Sirios who right. was able to project thoughts and images, uh, mental images, onto film. But uh, I might be getting ahead of uh, ourselves here. Where would you like to take this? Because uh, you mentioned that uh, you have done some scientific work on some of the... I wanted to point out, just because this will help people who think I cannot possibly be telling them the truth about this other stuff. In 2007, there were a number of crop circles which occurred uh, at a place I've called Woodenhead. It's actually Buschenhoft, and a loose translation of that is Woodenhead. And the reason I use it, it's, I'm making fun there. The, the farmer who was using that field in 2007 is a man who lives in Hooven, where Robert's home at the time was. And this man's fields had been hit many times with crop circles, and he hated them. He did not like it one little bit, and he accused Robert of making them, and he accused Robert's father of making them, and refused to think that there could be any other possible uh, answer. This particular summer in 2007, that farmer uh, decided to lease another piece of land in addition to his, his farm in Hooven, as farmers often do. And he had leased this property in uh, Boschenhoft to grow an additional crop. It's very strange, but every crop circle that summer, I think almost every crop circle that summer, happened in that field. It followed uh, him. Robert had no idea that the farmer had leased other properties. He knew nothing of this. So the phenomenon followed followed the, the farmer to his, his uh, newly acquired uh, fields. That is what it sounds like. Oh. At any rate, in that field that summer, there were a number of witnesses to totally amazing events. The white powder appeared repeatedly uh, in these crop circles And just so people know this, if they read the June 2007 Woodenhead report, they will see that not only did American scientists examine the white powder, I found a guy, a material scientist in Amsterdam, who also examined the white powder. All of us came up with the same answer, this very, very pure magnesium carbonate. In addition, uh, in 2007, in that field, uh, Robert physically disappeared in front of several witnesses' faces, of a red ball of light suddenly appeared. Robert disappeared. He then subsequently, some uh, 30 seconds or so later, reappeared in another whole part of the field where he had been standing was a brand new crop circle, again with the white powder in it. 
Let me clarify. He disappeared for 30 seconds. That appears to be the case. Right. He vanishes from view. It's like beaming from one area to another. I mean, I don't know what the word is to call what happened, but he just disappeared. He blinked out. Well, I kind of using the Star Trek terminology since we're all steep in Star Trek. But so, you get the sense. Uh, again, the point is that with these highly anomalous events, there were multiple cases of the white powder appearing again. It was sampled immediately. It was subjected to analysis by multiple scientists. In every case, we get back very pure magnesium carbonate. Now, the, the question, of course, would be where in nature do we see a comparable substance? You don't. And I'm getting to that now. Okay. In the July uh, 10, 19, 2010, there was another event uh, that involved the white powder. And this time I pulled out every stop I could. We carried out the FTIR, which is infrared spectroscopy work, ICPMS, which is inductively coupled plasma mass spectroscopy, and Dr. Eberl, God bless his heart, did an X-ray diffraction analysis of the same white powder. We were able conclusively, without any question whatsoever, to establish that this material was 99.99% pure hydromagnesite or magnesium carbonate and that it was synthetically produced. This is not a naturally occurring substance. At that purity level, it was Dr. Ebel's very clear conclusion that this was synthetically produced. Now, is there a place there where we synthetically produce a substance of this sort for industrial purposes? I'm sure in some of the bigger cities there could be labs, yes. But it's not something that's just going to show up in a field. Well, it costs, it costs a whole bunch of money, number one. When it's that pure, the amount of it that we've recovered... Uh, would cost in U.S. dollars well over $7,000. Uh, Robert has, he does not leave the area in which he lives. He's never been to these major cities. Uh, he, he doesn't like to be around large numbers of people for various reasons. And he doesn't have the money, even if he could get to one of these places. If somebody else is producing this material, you have to explain how do they know when a new crop circle is occurring so they can get there before any of the field workers, you know, deposit this material, leave no traces whatsoever. And if they're doing this uh, consistently, you know, they've got to have the money to be able to be buying something that costs this much money. Uh, why would they be doing it? And then we also have to deal with the fact that the white powder has appeared inside Robert's locked home. Repeatedly. And this I have not written up yet, but there have been a number of cases where I think what we call, I think it's called apports, where something physical appears out of the air. Is that called an apport? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, in multiple cases of physical objects which did not exist in the home previously have been present, covered with the white powder. And with burn marks on the inside uh, areas of the windows. The windows, by the way, don't open. These are uh, the way they're built. They don't open at all. And the father has got the doors to the house locked every way, which way to Sunday. When he goes to bed at night, that place is locked up like Fort Knox. 
how in the world these objects could appear uh, inside the house, again with this exact same material, this white powder, even if you can explain it in the fields, if you could come up with the idea that, okay, somebody is watching Robert very closely, somebody somehow knows also when a new circle is happening, even when he's right in the field. Remember, he's been right in the field with witnesses when the white powder has appeared and nobody has seen anybody. Somehow this person would be doing all of that and also has somehow or other managed to know when you know a, a, an object, two butterflies is one of the things that happened, have appeared inside Robert's home covered in this white powder also. What Dr. Eberl said he did a search on the internet and it was kind of interesting. He said that he had discovered several recent scientific papers examining the possibility that hydromagnesite, which is what this material is, might be used in capturing and storing. So it's a process called sequestration, sequestering of excess CO2, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Well, that will help with global warming, I guess. We'll exactly. Have to- Exactly. exactly. We have Nancy Talbot with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg. Nancy Talbot with Gene and Chris reporting extraordinary events. Let's look at Robert just very briefly. Does he have a day job? What's he do when he's not engaged in delivering all these strange effects? He doesn't do anything else. He has been lately, well, for quite a few years now, been doing readings and healings for people who are interested uh, in this sort of thing. But he was not able to complete school because the uh, awareness of these presences, Robert is aware of an external consciousness, something totally external to himself, which he believes is a very loving spiritual force. And he's been aware of it and the presence of deceased relatives and many other beings 
and deceased presences since he was of it started when he was four. Okay, and so we're talking about somebody here who is the classic psychic, but with some extra side effects that maybe we don't hear about that often. That's putting it mildly, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to understate the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. In school, he went to him. He's very bright. He's extremely intelligent uh, and very funny and not at all a guru. This is He is insistent that people understand that that's not his bag at all. He is trying to uh, help people recognize that there is a larger reality than we know about. In his opinion, it is spiritually based and very loving, very positive. And his hope is that through all of these various events and careful documentation of many of them, that more people can begin to think about and raise questions about and be serious in their pursuit of understanding because he thinks as they do this, it opens doors that are necessary for people to grow and become more responsible, become uh, to take charge of their own lives instead of looking for somebody else to solve the problems that we're up against. Yeah, there's a few of those out there. I want to ask before I forget, Nancy, is is when when that event occurred uh, in front of witnesses where he uh, appeared to teleport from one part of the field to the other and was gone for 30 seconds, is there anything in the record that describes his uh, thoughts, feelings, and sensations during that time period? Did he have a sense of, of somewhere else or some time passing? Was What I wrote was what he told me at the time, and I interviewed his mother and some of the other people who were present. What he, he was dizzy, and he knew something had happened, and he asked his mother and this other woman, Ellen, when they got to him, when he reappeared, they ran to where he was, and he asked them, did I disappear? He apparently was aware that something had happened, but he had no clear notion of what it was. He often now... Uh, this is, again, the tip of the iceberg, but he will be aware when he knows when these presences are around. And slowly over the years, he's become able to differentiate that some of them uh, he calls UFO energies, which in the beginning, he never, ever talked about UFOs at all. Sometimes he differentiates them as merry energies, meaning uh, he feels a sweetness a kindness that he would associate with the Virgin Mary if he were a religious person, which he isn't. His whole take on this is that there are these energies, cosmic energies, interdimensional energies. He's not sure what to call them, but they are of a spiritual nature, positively inclined toward mankind. And if we learn to start thinking about this and asking questions that we are all going to start to realize that the UFO situation, the ET situation, the crop circles, out-of-body experiences, remote viewing, poltergeist, hauntings, you name it. They're all bits and pieces of the same big unknown whatever. Sounds like the trickster to me. Sounds Um, like also the traditional psychic's viewpoint about what's going on. Correct, correct. And whether that ends up being the the facts or not, I don't know. I'm just telling you what he tells me. And since he's the person to whom it's happening, he knows better than I do at this point. So I listen to what he says and I report what he says. 
But certainly we have to take his opinion as his opinion. This is what he believes to be the cause of what's going on. We obviously can't determine if that's really what is happening or are higher beings telling him this. Exactly. It's up to you to, to do what you want to with that information. Yeah, but why him? I mean, why was he singled out? Uh, does he have a sense of, of, does of not sort of special have destiny? A clue. Not a clue. Uh, it does perhaps help to tell you that his mother also is extremely sensitive, might be the word. She has seen many of these things, including creatures and beings. Uh, his sister has perhaps seen more beings than he has. I have a quick question here. Therefore, does his mother have a background of this sort of thing? No, she never paid any attention to it, ignored it entirely until the son was born and it started happening to him. And by the time he was five or six years old, uh, it was, I mean, he could, it was so present in his life that when this energy approached him, whatever it is, he, his attention, you see, would be drawn entirely to it. So if he were sitting in a classroom, let's say, he's getting, getting taught mathematics or ling or whatever, Dutch, English, whatever, and the teacher is going on, Robert's paying attention like every other kid in the class, until suddenly this energy presents itself to him. And when it does, it absolutely 100% draws his attention to it. And this is why he was unable to keep on in school. He simply could not pay attention if this other thing was happening, and it's been happening so much in his life from the get-go that he was unable to learn any real trade or to finish schooling. Now, I'll give you one, one idea of a recent thing that happened that has to do with the United States that will show you how powerful whatever this is, is. In June of 2011, I got a report uh, on my website. You'll see report a crop circle form. And somebody filled that in and mailed it to me, reporting a crop circle in Virginia. And it, the, it was simply a picture of the circle and a little bit of text from this guy telling me he just discovered it and that he thought I would like to know about it. Well, that day I happened to be writing uh, something to Robert on email. And Robert gets many circles in grass uh, in Holland because they, they grow a lot of grass because they've got a lot of cows. And so many of the circles happen in grass in Holland. They also happen in the other crops, but a lot of them in grass. And I thought that Robert might like to see what one looked like in America in grass. That's the only reason I sent him the picture. I attached it and sent it off. And two seconds later, the phone rang, and it was Robert. And he says, watch out, that one's a fake. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I see a teenage boy... He's got dirty blonde, brownish, dirty blonde hair down the back of his neck. He means in a ponytail. I see a black baseball cap. He usually wears a black baseball cap. He's the paper boy in, in that town. And his name is Mike. And I thought, well, damn, that's pretty precise. So I wrote it all down. And I wrote back then an email to the guy who had reported the circle. And I said, by any chance... Do you know if there is, and then I described the boy with the brown hair down the back of the neck and the black baseball cap, who was the paper boy, whose name was Mike. And the guy writes back to me with, how in the hell did you know that? And I said, well, I'd be happy to tell you. 
turns out that there is uh, in that town, it's a very small town apparently, an area I've never been to, and Robert doesn't even know where Virginia is, but in that little village there is a kid who has brownish blonde hair and a ponytail. He normally wears a black baseball cap. He is the paper boy, and his name is Mike. And the guy who reported the whole thing to me knew of this kid, and at a barbecue, which was happening a couple days later, he asked the boy if, in fact, he had made the circle. And we'll have and to find I, out what that boy said. We have Nancy but, Talbot joining Gene oh, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. BePrepared.com is making deals in April because you need to be prepared now and you need to save. BePrepared.com is the official site of Emergency Essentials, a 24-year leader in emergency preparedness supplies. Everything from long-term food storage to emergency kits, water storage and filtration to alternative light and heat sources. What's on sale? Now through April 30th, save 28% on a freeze-dried garden vegetable combo, which includes peas, corn, beans, cauliflower, celery, and onions. Save 33% on the Catadine Hiker Micro filter new instant white rice as low as 849 and a 72 hour mre food and water supply a 72 dollar value for only 49.99 and much more at beprepared.com call 800-999-1863 to experience exceptional customer service and our low price guarantee that's 800-999-1863 hurry the beprepared.com april sale ends april 30th the choice is clear be unprepared or beprepared.com Don't answer it. If fear strikes your heart when the phone rings, knowing it may be another bill collector, it's time for you to call Zero Debt in 90 Days, 800-477-9256. Settlements, bankruptcy, and attorneys are not the answer and may end up costing you up to 10 times more than necessary. Listen, if you're already in debt, does it make sense to get buried in another payment plan? Zero Debt in 90 Days gets you out of debt in 90 days guaranteed without a payment plan and without attorneys or going to court. Get the fastest relief from debt on the planet when you call 800-477-9256. If you have debt with the IRS, credit cards, student loans, or foreclosure, we can help at Zero Debt in 90 Days. And we're the only organization to provide written guarantees on the results. Go to ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. That's ZeroDebtGuarantee.com. Or call now for free information. 800-477-9256. That's 800-477-9256. 
Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We have Nancy Talbot of BLT Research reporting some extraordinary experiences that she and others have encountered with Gene and Chris in the Paracast. And we stopped at a cliffhanger again, Nancy, didn't we? Yes, we did. Why do we have was to keep doing there, that? Was there a paper boy with brown hair down the back of his neck who wore a black baseball cap and whose name was Mike? Was there such a person in that town? And there was. And not only was there, he then, once the man who had reported the whole thing asked him about it, he then demonstrated for the man how he had done it, and the guy sent me a picture, which is now up on Robert's page on the BLT website. Now, Robert doesn't know where Virginia is. He's never been out of Holland, except for a couple of trips to Belgium, which is very close by. He doesn't know Mike. (laughs) How in the world did he do that? You know, it's the same way he does the knowing of the crop circles. It's the same way he does the readings when people come to him and they want to know, sometimes they want to know about health problems. Sometimes they want to know about money or love. Many people come to him because they're interested in their deceased relatives, wanting to know if they're okay. Now, one of the things I should point out here, the skeptics are going to look at this and say, okay, Robert may have had some unusual paranormal encounters, but maybe he's trying to use that as a means to profit from his experiences well he's not making any money (laughs) neither one of us has anything to sell does he sell his readings does he get paid for those his father when he was at home he now lives by himself when he was at home his father insisted robert himself will not ever ask for money because he thinks it should not that he shouldn't do it his father remember is a banker was a banker uh-oh. And the okay, father- so he's a bankster, as they call him nowadays in yeah, the political world. We don't call him bankers anymore. We call him yeah. bankster, like banker and gangster being the same. That's pretty much exactly correct. <laughs> so Daddy was a bankster and insisted that he earn his keep if he's going to have these psychic readings. Well, that's fine. But you understand why people will criticize this. They'll say, heck, the guy's just trying to make a buck. We shouldn't pay attention. That's up to them if they choose to do that. But the fact of the matter is that 
Robert has seen many, many people at no, never charged them a cent because they didn't have any. He would sneak them in. And the money that was paid by some of his clients has all gone into a trust. The father did this because he knows that Robert has no way to make a living like the rest of us. And he's concerned about how Robert will survive. Okay, so that's a big question here. He doesn't have a day job. He's not working at the local cafe or something. Correct. Is there a reason why he's not working? Because he is constantly uh, inundated with these other events. They occur all the time. We're not talking once in a while. It can be two or three or four times a day. And I cannot keep up. Uh, I, I, I have written as much as I can, as fast as I can. Robert now has his own website where things are being put up, not in such detail, because there isn't time to write it all in such detail. But the idea is to, what I'm trying to do is provide as clear and concise and as detailed reports as I can. So people get the general drift of, you know, we're not idiots. When these apparition photos, the photos of people who have died, appear, I knew about this for years before I reported it. And it wasn't until I had my first direct experience of it, which was in 2006. It had been going on for years. But in 2006, when I was with Robert, on my camera, with me standing right with him, right next to him, watching the LED screen. He and I were working that particular night. We were in his little office around 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was photographing his ability to make compass needles move just by looking at them. And he just learned he could bend metal, and he could take metal objects and stick them to his head and walk around and all this stuff. And I was documenting it with my camera. Is this all documented on your site so we can see what's going on? It's on the website. Okay, so if you go to the BLT Research site, which is linked at thepowercast.com, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you could take a look at Robert's evidence and decide for yourself one way or the other. Let me ask you, does he have a command of English sufficient to maybe get him on the show? Yes, now he does. Now he does. His English is not perfect, but his English is much better than when I first met Let me finish what I was trying to tell you about these apparitions. Uh, Here we are in the office, the two of us. The girls by this time are married and gone. The parents are sound asleep. Robert and I are the only two people in the house up, and it's 3 o'clock or whatever it was in the morning. And I am focused totally on trying to capture him making the compass needle go, sticking stuff to his head, whatever, because I'm figuring nobody's going to believe me if I don't take pictures. Yeah. While we're doing this, there comes a very, very quiet, very gentle tap, tap, tap on the door. It was, I heard it clearly, but it was so gentle that I would never, it would never have occurred to me to pay attention. Robert looked up immediately from his side of the desk and said, did you hear that? And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I knew if he was noticing it, that it meant something was getting ready to happen. So I said, yes. (laughs) And he came around from his side of the desk. We had one camera only, mine, which is a little point-and-shoot digital that somebody gave to BLT. I was holding it because I was the one doing the, taking the pictures, and he asked me if he could use it. He never touches my camera unless I give it to him. I handed it to him. I had my head literally touching his, so I could see the LED screen. He holds the camera out in front of his face a couple of feet. He aims it at the door. And he takes one shot, 
And this man's face takes up almost the whole screen. Boom. I jumped like I'd been shot. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because with my eyes, I can see. There's nothing but air between me, us, and the door. And yet here is this man's face on the LED screen, literally taking up half the screen. Well, then Robert went on. He knew immediately that this was someone who had died. We had no idea who it was. We still don't know. And he knew that they were appearing because they needed help of some kind. And then over the next several minutes, he stood there with my camera and took a whole series of photographs of this man. Some of the shots, there is only the door showing. Some of the shots, it's the guy. But there are like seven or eight or nine, I can't remember how many, of this man's face. Boom, 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 boom. Five seconds later, one minute later, boom, boom, boom. Then suddenly the man's face stops appearing. And in the 13th photo, a very odd figure. We have no idea what it is. But it then appeared. And it was in then a whole bunch of other shots. And Robert had the distinct feeling that what he should do was call in the light balls because he says that some of the light balls are conscious. How would I say this? They're entities of some kind who are here to help people who are stuck, people who are dead and don't know it or who are dead and having trouble making the transition or whatever. You know, I'm starting to think of the TV show Being Human when you talk about having trouble making the transition. That's just me. I have never seen that show, so I don't know. (laughs) Okay, Nancy Talbot joins us with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are you still a traditional smoker? Now experience a new lifestyle and try vaping with e-cigarettes by LeSig. Imagine no ashes, stains, nasty smell, or coughing and hacking. With LeSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replaceable cartridge, you'll get all the benefits and satisfaction of smoking without the hazards. Choose your taste from a wide variety of our new American-made vaporian e-liquids at LeSig.com. And LeSig smokes the competition by serving thousands of worldwide customers with real people customer service fast free same day shipping and a 30 
30-day warranty and satisfaction guarantee. So are you ready for a new vaping lifestyle? Then call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Or visit LeSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, Planskid. Planskid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. Planskid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not Planskid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. Planskid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use Planskid. Member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at Plantskid.com. That's PlantSKYDD.com. Ask about our new vol repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. Plantskid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Nancy Talbot joining Gene and Chris on the Paracast, covering the work of BLT research into crop circles. And Robert, a young man who has had an incredible amount of experiences, you are about to continue with some more very, very unusual information. Well, remember, these these incidents and our, both of our opinions are directly related to the circle phenomenon, which is one of the reasons I've been paying such attention to it. Okay, so in 2006, I have my first personal observation of an unknown human being's face appearing on my camera repeatedly with me standing right there watching. Then in 2007, a very sad thing happened. One of my brothers who had been living out in the middle of the South Pacific on Palau, was suddenly diagnosed with a a terrible cancer. And he came back to the States to Johns Hopkins in the hopes that they could do something. But he died in June of uh, 2007. I uh, had already bought my tickets to go to see Robert in August. And when I told Robert about this, he told me some things about Bill that were fairly comforting. But he also told me that he thought my brother would appear on my camera when I came. And I told him, no, I did not want it. 
I was not ready for such a thing. I hoped it did not happen. I think Robert knew it was going to happen and he was trying to prepare me. At any rate, two months after my brother's death, I was in Holland with Robert. And on the second day, once I recovered from jet lag, we went out into this woodenhead field. Now, this is the field where all these crop circles had appeared, where Robert had disappeared in front of witnesses' faces. A creature had appeared in that field. There'd been a whole bunch of interesting things. And Robert wanted to show me the rest. There were a few circles that hadn't been cut yet. And so we went in the afternoon to this field simply so that I could see what was left of some of these crop circles which had appeared. And as soon as we entered the field, uh, we got out and I had my camera in its little locked case, as I always do, with a brand new chip in it, which I put in every day, a brand new chip. This is a memory chip, folks, which is designed to store the files taken by a digital camera. Okay. Exactly. And I have put in my handwriting the date and, you know, where we're going. So it's my handwriting is on this chip and new batteries and everything. We get to the field and almost immediately he says to me, your brother is here. Oh, this is hard for me. That's okay. Just take your time. And he asked me if he could have my camera. And I took it out of the case and I handed it to him. And I stood right with him as he took 60 photos in a row in broad daylight of my brother's face. Now, my brother had never been to Holland. You know, Robert didn't know my brother. And yet there he was. And it's my brother. Now, he appeared again on another day, and it was even stranger what happened then. But the point is that I have been standing right with him now. These are only two times I have been with him now many times when people, most of whom I don't know. Uh, in e- at Easter, a few years later, I was there, and a whole bunch of children appeared. Kids, I have no idea who they are. Robert now, this is an interesting question here. Okay, so it's possible to find this guy. Our reality shows that deal with the paranormal crowding his little town trying to get interviews with him. They have more. The debunkers are absolutely going nuts right now. I, I would expect they would because this is something that they'd want to try to seize on. Oh, oh my God, they just can't stand it. They really can't stand it. Robert and I now know that if we've done our job right, we're going to have people jumping up and down. And if they don't jump up and down, we figure we haven't told them right. But how do you go about maybe convincing other people it's genuine? It's your experience. It's his experience. These are personal experiences. We have the unusual photographs. But can you bring scientists over there to try to examine him? I don't mean make him a lab rat. I don't mean putting well, him in a cage and me, trying to I rip mean, him apart. I advise you again. Go and read the apparition photos report. Because what we've done in this case is clearly show one of the accusations that the debunkers make is that Robert, uh, number, first of all, they're saying he uses the Internet. And these photos of people who are dead started appearing before he ever had a computer. He didn't have a computer until July of 2006. And you're the, showing very unusual photos here, by the way. If you go to the site, which is bltresearch.com slash Robert with two B's dot PHP, you're going to see what's happening. Down at the bottom are all these reports, and you'll see this apparition photos report. If you open up part one and then scroll down, 
Not what just showing the photographs, Nancy, but bringing scientists to That's his That's what I'm town. talking about. Sure. That's what I'm talking about. Sure. An MIT-trained photo analyst offered his abilities to us. We took one particular case. We took a couple of them. But the first case is one of a soldier that appeared on Robert's camera back in 2004, yeah, many times. Uh, we found subsequently, actually some debunkers, skeptics found, an image that matched very closely this soldier in a book. And so, of course, immediately the people who do not want to really investigate this decided that, oh, Robert had had this book. He had somehow with a computer, you know, uh, taken this image out, done some Photoshop stuff, got it on his camera somehow. And that's how it was all happening. So we took the image from the book. The photo analyst then traced a very precise line around the image in the book. He then placed tiny little registration dots at certain points throughout the soldier's body. Then we took many of Robert's soldier photos. We resized them so they matched exactly the size of the soldier in the book. And then we dropped this outline with all the registration dots over Robert's photos. If, in fact, it was a copy of that image in the book, the entire outline and registration dots should line up. If you read through the report, you'll clearly see it. they don't. The registration dots are off. The outline doesn't match. And it does it to varying degrees. The MIT guy tried this over and over and over again. And we have shown the closest matches that he could get. But even in the closest matches, it's not a match. Okay, we're looking at photographic evidence. And we understand that. But I mean bringing a team of researchers on site when the things there happen. There have been, sure, and there is quite a bit of evidence that is not out there in the public arena yet. But and we're doing what we can do as fast as we can in the detail required to show people step by step the work that's been done and what it indicates. Now, Eventually, the site, by the way, I'm looking at it. It's all in Dutch, so it has to be translated. Or you can use Google Translate or something to manually get the information. But it'd be nice to have an American or an English language version of Robert's site. And there will be. I write it as fast as I can. That's what the whole thing is about. On the BLT site is every bit of the information in English. And I'm adding more. I'm working on two reports right now. About so this mirrors a lot of what he's got on his yeah. site. Yeah. Okay. Now, something else that I wanted to bring up that might be of interest is... Dr. Roll's uh, participation, Dr. William Roll. In 2008, Dr. Roll, who um, was an American parapsychologist, and I had been working with him for years, he, um, I'd kept him informed about Robert all these years, and he wanted to meet him. He wanted to observe it himself. And in 2008, he did come to Holland and spent a couple of days with us. Uh, while he was with us, first of all, he bought a brand new uh, camera with him that had never been out of its box even. And we opened it all together. Now so we'll go into more of this experience with Dr. Roll meeting Robert face-to-face -face 
and what happened next. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio, DreamHost.com radio. Whether Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Meet Jerry D. Hi. Jerry and his family, like you, are very concerned about world conditions and have gathered many emergency preparedness items, including turtle tough shelters. We have added two 24-foot turtle tufts to our supplies and feel very secure knowing our large family is ready for whatever the future may bring. Turtle tough shelters are not tents. They are permanent yet portable four-season geodesic frame shelters that are as strong as a cabin at a fraction of the cost and are easy to set up, take down, and move anywhere. Available in two sizes. Get your Turtle Tough Shelter and accessories included at TurtleToughShelters.com. That's Turtle, T-U-F-F, Shelters.com. Or call 801-623-3288. That's 801-623-3288. Or see them online at TurtleToughShelters.com. Turtle Tough Shelters, your all-season home away from home. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800 800- 346-6829 that's 800-34-NO-TAX Crank up your savings at the Webb's headquarters for hand crank and solar power preparedness. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Save now on solar generators from $289. Solar lanterns, just $24.95. Solar waterproof flashlights, only $12.95. Cook anywhere solar ovens from $279.95. Portable solar panels from 21stCenturyGoods.com give you the freedom to harness the power of the sun to charge your gear wherever you go. Show your patriotism with our line of solar flagpole lights. 
lights. Plus, find a full line of emergency and shortwave radios, solar lanterns, and LED flashlights. And see our monthly two-for-one specials at 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number two, the number one, STCenturyGoods.com. Or call 866-999-8422. Spend $100 or more and get a freehand crank solar flashlight when you mention you heard us on GCN at checkout. Crank up your savings only at 21stCenturyGoods.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We have Nancy Talbot with Gene and Chris here in the Paracast. So, Dr. Roll meets... Dr. William Roll. Dr. William Roll. Would you explain to our listeners precisely who he was? He was a very important American parapsychologist. He took over the work down at the Rhine Institute... Uh, when, you know, Duke, when Dr. Ryan died, he's written extensively in the scientific literature. His particular area of expertise is RSPK, this uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, which was a theory that he developed as to something that might explain some of these events. And I had been keeping him informed for years about Robert, and he understood what I was telling him to be accurate. And so, of course, he wanted to meet Robert. And we were lucky enough, before he died in 2008, there was a conference at the University of Utrecht. And Dr. Roll was invited to participate. And so I got him over there a couple of uh, early, you know, so that we had some days with Robert instead. And Roll bought with him a brand new camera that had never been out of its box. We opened it all together. We put the chip in for the first time. Dr. Roll carried it out to the fields with us, the, you know, Robert and me, and we walked down to Robert's special field, and the very first shots Robert took with Dr. Roll and me standing right there in broad daylight, the very first three shots were UFOs. I mean, boom, 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 right in a row. And I looked at Robert and I thought, what in the world? This is when the UFO photos had just started and I didn't understand why in the world UFO photos would come on Dr. Roll's camera. But not only did they, with Dr. Roll right there watching Robert the whole time, also there were three different images of, uh, of men, apparently deceased. We don't know because we don't know who they are. But if you are looking at the apparition photos report and you go to part five, you will see the images of these men that appeared with Dr. Roll standing right there watching Robert as he did this, take these photos. And then also there was a whole series, a couple of the nights that we went out into the fields, there are amazing light phenomena photos of a type that we'd never seen occur before. So, you know, Dr. Roll, after his visit with us, uh, I was with him alone for a little bit and I asked him, I said, well, you know, what do you make of all this? What's your opinion? And he was totally flabbergasted. And he said, well, I guess it's some sort of RSPK effect. He didn't know. You know, he, he say saw no sign of Robert faking anything. He thought that it should be studied in great depth. He himself at that point was fairly elderly and not capable of uh, doing the kind of work that should be done. 
but he expressed very directly his idea that it would be very productive if some serious parapsychologists would get involved. Well, we have to see how the reaction works. Chris, was there a question or two in the forums? Yes, we have, we have a number of questions, Gene. Uh, one that I really want to make sure that we have time to, uh, to, to pose to Nancy is a good one because it, it dovetails nicely with the long thread that we had over the past three weeks uh, about Ray Stanford and his wish to get uh, his uh, research and analysis in front of the mainstream scientific community. Now, this comes from Dave Murphy, who's a, a fairly longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com. And his question, Nancy, is many think that for scientific research of anomalous phenomena to be legitimately accepted by the scientific community, it must first appear in an accredited, peer-reviewed scientific journal. Dr. Levengood did publish his evidence for superheating and the changes in the cellular structure of crops within crop circles in a peer-reviewed scientific journal, uh, Physiologia Plantorum. His findings not only failed to bring about a debate, his findings not only failed to bring the debate to a close, but in fact were largely ignored by the scientific community. Given Levengood's experience, what are your thoughts about the role of peer-reviewed scientific journals and, and the role they play in bringing legitimacy to frontier science within the scientific community? It's a good question. Yeah, very good. Um, science, as it is currently understood and practiced, is the study of the physical realm, Right. Things which are physical in nature. Uh, Unless science evolves to incorporate, I mean, nowadays with modern science, we're looking at nano, nano. I mean, I don't even know the terminology for these tiny little strings and threads and what the heck does that woman at Harvard call it all? Brains. Uh, That, you know, that there are these tiny, minute uh, pieces of matter which in the quantum, on the quantum level, behave totally differently than they do not behave in accordance to the rules that govern a larger physical matter. It may be that quantum mechanics, physics, you know, quantum physics will eventually uh, understand enough about the quantum world to be able to lend some uh, guidelines as how to approach the study of this sort of thing, which appears to be metaphysical. Uh, standard old line science can't do it. It doesn't have the tools. Yeah. Uh, well, nor, nor the inclination to go against, uh, you know, go against the flow and, and possibly jeopardize tenure and funding and that sort of thing, a subject that comes up uh, quite a bit uh, on the Paracast. Well, where do we take this whole proto-scientific approach to new energy uh, and, and try to create a, a new scientific paradigm for this? What, the I work think that's doing? what we're all doing, you included. Yeah. All yeah. of us who are carefully documenting these things we don't understand, the more careful, the more precise we are, the better foundation we're, lo- we're laying – for eventual serious, you know, research from the areas of physics, from consciousness research, uh, who knows what else? I'm not sure what else, but I think we are all doing that right now. We're starting to lay this this foundation upon which new science will eventually uh, develop and grow. Right. So I I really do think that. That the, Get their heads out of their uh, closets. <laughs> well, you know, you know, right now, you have to remember that most modern science is this is not like a hundred years ago. 
no. where scientists pursued things simply because they were brilliant and interested. Now, science is funded by what? Big business, big pharma, by yeah. people who want to make money at something. Right. Until they see a reason to study this, until they understand a way to make money from something like this. The profit motive. You're not going to have a lot of funding for the work. No. Nope. Well, that's the entire problem here, of course. Yes, and scientists, just like you and me, they have rent to pay, braces to buy for their children, you know, whatever. They cannot live with no money any better than you and I. Right. And it doesn't so, come psychically. A big part of the problem that as long as our cultures continue to pursue only those things which produce financial profit, this is all going to go very slowly until such yeah. a time. Well, maybe we should try to talk uh, Robert into going to the Irish sweet sweepstakes, or maybe down to the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> and then we had we could get our funding. Well, you, you know what? Maybe that. he should have well, participated no, I mean, in Powerball, Chris, because he could have made you know several hundred million dollars. That would give us all the funding any of us need to maybe learn a few answers. Well, I said it in jest because I know darn, darn well that, uh, by and large, these types of abilities do not translate well to picking lottery numbers and, and, and anything that uh, in, involves uh, self-profit uh, motive and that sort of thing. I, we understand that. We understand that. Nancy Talbert, tell our listeners where they can get more of the things you do, more information about it. Okay. For the English-speaking people, please go to bltresearch.com. Scroll down on the left-hand side menu to the Vandenbroke case. That opens Robert's page. Down at the bottom of that page, there are dozens of different individual reports in great depth, perhaps too much depth for some people. Uh, but do that first to inform yourself of the basic thing that's going on. And then there is quite delightfully now, Robert has finally gotten a site of his own started, this is at www.robertvandenbroke, and Robert is R-O-B-B-E-R-T, uh, .nl forward slash home. There's I'll tell you what, folks, we'll put a link up at theparacast.com. So when you see Robert's name, you can go right to his site and check it out. Chris O'Brien, of course, has ourstrangeplanet.com, which is now in the midst of a major redesign. I've seen what they're doing. It's going to be fabulous. Nancy Talbot, thanks for joining us this week on The Paracast. Thank you for having me. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.